Hello and welcome back to Good Theology from Good Books. I'm Andrew Bryant. And I'm Asher Cable. This week we're continuing with our Nine Marks of a Healthy Church series, and we're on one of the more challenging topics uh, in our list, which would be church discipline. Um, when you bump into church discipline, Asher, just what's the first thing comes to your mind? Excommunication. Excommunication. <laughs> and like thinking, are you thinking like um, when the popes excommunicated each other and they're like three popes at the one time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, a lot of people do think kind of the mean, meanie pants church excluding people. Um and so we need to address that, right? Mm. Um, we need to talk about when we say church discipline, what are we what are we even talking about? And the answer is found in the scriptures. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. We wouldn't do it if it wasn't there, would we? <laughs> it's in Matthew chapter 18. So you can go and study that on your own at a later time because that is not what this podcast is for. It's for books. <laughs> Uh, Matthew 18 talks about, though, in summary, talks about when somebody in the body is found in um, obvious sin. What's the, what's the solution? What do we do? Um, and uh, Jesus' answer is there's a pattern that he gives us. We go and we address what's going on in the person and ask about it. Um, and if there's no repentance and it's clear that they're in sin, then you go back with some friends who have witnessed the same thing and ask about it. And then um, when when and if they don't re- respond to that um, plea, then the church is given the authority to exclude a person. Mm. Yeah, so that's the, that's the concept. It's in Matthew 18. It's Jesus' own words. And he teaches us um, that there is a, pl- a place for exclusion, for excommunication, if you want to call it that. Um, so I brought one of the booklets on our wall. Is it loving to discipline, to practice church discipline? Yeah. Is it loving to practice church discipline? Um, there's an answer to that, Asher. Do you think you can guess what it is? Mm. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes, it's loving to pra- practice church discipline. But we need to jump into why that is on this podcast. Before you jump into why, I'm just going to... I know a couple questions that would come to my mind or that I've heard before is, well, isn't it unloving to practice excluding people because didn't Christ welcome all people in? Um, the church isn't being very Christ-like by telling someone that they're too bad to be in the church, right? Yeah, that's a great, excellent question. And it's, in fact, a question that I think I've been asked 10 times at least. Um, so didn't Jesus include everybody? Well, no. Um, first of all, the Jesus that you're talking about is the one that flipped tables and spouted off the woe oracles to the Pharisees. And told them that they were going to be excluded. Remember the whole fig tree thing, right? When Mm. he points to the fig tree. There's this exclusion of people and inclusion of people. Yes, he he includes people that are surprising. um, But oftentimes he excludes those who are acting 
all self-important and pious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the question, first of all, it doesn't hit because Jesus was, he did exclude people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he also, in, he included a lot of people we would not expect, but he excluded a lot of people too. Um, so that's very important that we understand. The other part of that is, isn't it unloving? Um, and I think the answer we're going to trace to to uh, what Jesus is getting at is is what Jesus did to the Pharisees. Was that unloving? Did he did he hate them to flip their tables and um, yell at them and call them names when he calls them snakes and uh, makes fun of their tithing of their spices and things? No, he he's not being unloving. What he's doing is telling the truth. And what's important to understand is lying is unloving. Hmm. Lying is unloving. We we all kind of understand that, right? If you lie to your neighbor, you're being unloving to your neighbor because you're hiding the truth. Um, so think about it from that perspective. If you see somebody in the church engaged in a sin, your first assumption obviously should not be that they're a heathen, right? So what we do is we give them the benefit of the doubt. And we say, oh, they must not be aware that what they're doing is Mm. sinful. And out of love for that person, what would you do? You have to explain to them what the Bible says on this particular topic and expose to them the the, the truth, the reality of what's going on. That's a very loving thing to do. Um, a lot of people will point to um, the "Don't judge, lest you be judged" passage. Is that was were you going to ask about that one? Uh, no, but I'm glad you mentioned that because that <laughs> is one I've heard before too. Yeah, and he says, you you know the whole concept of the plank in your own eye and mm-hmm. the speck in the other guy's eye, and he says, no, first remove the plank so that do you remember? You can see the speck more clearly. <laughs> so you can see the speck more clearly. Yeah, so it's about, it, it. he never says don't judge. In fact, at the end of the passage, the same passage, he says, don't cast your pearls before swine. How are you supposed to know the difference between swine and not swine unless you're making judgments? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, he's he's not saying don't judge. He's saying be careful if you're going to judge somebody that you're not in the same circumstances, that you're not engaged in the same sin yourself. Yeah, that would be very wise. Um, so in church discipline, we, we do have to watch for that. Um, a lot of times we do where we do show partiality, don't we? Especially toward myself. <laughs> so-and-so is being a gossiper, and you tell your neighbor that so-and-so is being a gossiper. Yeah, uh, we engage in the same sins, and then we justify them in ourselves. And that's no way to practice. Do you think there's a major difference between sort of judgment calls and discernment? Good question. Um, I think that the there's when we talk about judgment, we could be meaning two things, right? Um, this is playing into words, which teaches us how to read, right? So it's right up the alley of this podcast. Um, we when we say judgment, what do we mean? Do we mean eternal damnation and fire and hell forever, God's judgment over humans? Or do we mean judging between two things, like uh, the people at the base of Mount Carmel? Judge for yourself. 
which is right, Baal or or God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we understand using that concept. But when you think about like what a judge is doing, they're weighing opinions mm-hmm. against each other. That's why the scales are in the hand of Lady Justice, right? Um, it's a weighing of two opinions. Isn't that not exactly the same thing as discernment? Mm. We like the word discernment because it's not scary. It doesn't carry with it this idea of division, but it is divisive because when we discern between A and B, we realize A is better than B or B is better than A. It's, it's, div- it's dividing. Um, so no, I would not clarify those things as different things mm. um, unless you're talking about God's judgment, you know, eternal judgment, the, the last judgment. Um, and I think that's an important distinction to make. Because when we talk about church discipline, a lot of people will say, are you telling me that you get to decide who's in and who's out? Who's a Christian and who's not? No, that's not <laughs> what we're doing. We're, we're, what we're doing is we're deciding who gets to participate together. Mm-hmm. And if we see people are not visibly saints, that's the way the confession of the 689 says it, visible saints. If they're not visibly saints, like they're not producing fruit, they're not making growth effort, they're not leaning into the body, um, they're doing things directly opposed to Christ's teaching, those things, um, then we would say, hey, you're not a, you're not exhibiting what it means to be a saint here in this life. Mm. And so what we need to do is exclude this person. And for the sake of the church, the healthiness of the church, it's a discerning act there, so we can preserve the purity of the church and her good works, and also so we can love this person well. Because mm-hmm. if they are a Christian, what's going to happen when they get excluded? They're going to feel that conviction, mm-hmm. the press uh, of the Holy Spirit on them, and they'll come back. And I think Paul's, te- Paul's teaching in the accumulation of First and Second Corinthians is that that. In 1 Corinthians, he says, exclude this man who's sleeping with his father's wife. And then in 2 Corinthians, I think the same man, when he says, uh, invite him back in. Welcome with op- him uh, with open arms. Church discipline works for that reason. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is pursuing um, a discerning attitude toward each other. Um, because we're covenanted together, and that's a very serious bond. Um, we need to take it seriously. Yeah, and the reason that the great answers and the reason part of the reason why I brought that up is because even just saying the two words, discernment, people are like, oh yeah, you know, you have to be wise to discern. But judging, as just as a general notion, seems to bring with it sort of negative feelings towards it. Why do you think that is? Why does judging seem really wrong and people... Or like, no, we should never, ever do that. Whereas discernment, we, I think everyone, every Christian especially would agree that we all need to be doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that goes back to like um, culture questions, mm. which we're totally going to jump into later down the line in this podcast. The, the concept of building a culture um, and responding to the culture. Um, but in the, in the church... Um, today we are, we live in an increasingly non-Christian environment, Mm. but that environment 
started off with people coming across the pond um, to exercise religion. So our culture, our our um, our meta narrative, the way that we talk about things, is is affected by the Bible. That's why everybody you know knows John 3.16. That's why everyone you know, they might not know any other Bible, but they know don't judge people, okay? Uh, it's it's this concept of, like, we've built into our society this idea that I can't judge my neighbor's um, spirituality, mm. that I can't decide for them whether they're a Christian or not. And then we take that and we press it to the corners and we say, well, then we have no authority over one another. But that makes no sense. <laughs> it just, um, we just really haven't thought it through, I think. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to this. Um, we, we talked about it the other day. Um, not on the podcast. <laughs> but we talked about um, this whole charismatic movement mm-hmm. where what's more most important is my personal experience with God. Right. Mm. And so if what the most important thing is my personal experience with God, then your neighbor telling you you're living in sin and that you're dishonoring God. And then you say, no, I have I have this really close relationship with God. My personal experience has been Mm. right. God told me and then nobody can say, no, he didn't. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So this is this is the place that we've got ourselves um, by capitulating to well I would say faulty doctrine not that God doesn't speak today not that you can't have a personal experience with God not saying any of that I'm just saying that your personal experience is far less important than what the scriptures say and what your neighbors say about you um, not again that can be taken too far but you get what I'm saying yes. the other people around you see what you're doing way better than you do because we're all blinded by sin. Mm. Um, so that's, that comes from Paul Tripp's uh, dangerous calling. If you want to know that. that book, great book. Okay. So let's, let's talk about some other great books on church discipline. Um, John Owen's church discipline. No one will probably read, but it is really good. Um, another good one. Um, that I have, sorry, I'm looking through my list here, is, well, uh, Pastor Jeremiah just wrote his uh, his dissertation in this subject, so totally worth checking out. You could probably talk to him about that if you're interested. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, and uh, the J. Adams, hold on, I've got it on my list somewhere. Oh, yes. Um, Jonathan Lehman, who wrote this this little book, um, Is It Loving to Practice Church Discipline, also wrote Understanding Church Discipline, um, a church basics book. Really good. There it is. The J. Adams book is Handbook of Church Discipline, A Right and Pri- Privilege of Every Church Member. Hmm. So it's um, J. Adams's book. He goes into rights privileges <laughs> imagine that that's the title but the what what do you mean privilege doesn't that mean i can get my head bopped if i start sinning yes but you see why that would be a privilege because it gets people to weed like come to you and tell you what you're doing wrong and help you 
instead of just instantaneously exclude you. And I've seen that happen a lot where people will just instantaneously be shunned by the church for no reason. Just skipping their other steps. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, I want to, before we, um, yeah, before we quit this one, the word discipline, church discipline, disciplining, discipline, um, disciplines. Next time we're going to talk about discipleship, which Mm -hmm. goes into the disciplines. Oh my goodness. Those are all from the same word. Which word is that? Disciple. Um, To be a disciple of Christ means some things and it means not some things, right? Mm. So if we say to be a disciple of Christ means to follow after Christ, then we could also say it doesn't mean not following after Christ. That's Mm. really simple, right? But if somebody refuses to follow after the things Christ says, refuses to engage in the disciplines, um, hates them, doesn't want to attend church at all. This is a person that we view outside of their life. Now, this could be false. They could be a saint. We don't know. But outside of their life, we would view as an, a non, an un, not a visible saint. Mm. So um, next week, what we're going to look at is the positive side. So we just looked at the negative side, somebody failing in their duties as a, as a church member, failing to fulfill the law of Christ failing to live their life morally and for good works like we're told in Titus 2.14. We follow the Matthew 18 principle in those cases. But on the other side, we have the positive world of discipling, and that's what we'll jump into next Mm. time. All right, well, Pastor Andrew, thank you so much for joining us here today. As always, it has been a great pleasure. Yeah, great pleasure to be with you, Asher. All right, make sure to tune in next time as we go over discipline, discipleship, and how you live a positive Christian life. And so much more coming. (laughs) We hope you all have a great week. We'll see you next time. Yep, thanks. Bye.